Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. Um, it has been fantastic to be with you and tonight um, I actually want to shift gears a little bit from this morning and um, I actually want to talk about tonight um, a built-in inner resource that will help you stay when you want to run, when you want to do that Elijah thing. Um, something that will actually um, cause you to persist when you want to tap out and there is pressure in your life to tap out um, and I believe that God has actually called each and every single person in this room to live an incredibly fruitful life from beginning to end and that he doesn't leave it in your hands to have the resource to do that, that he's actually given us tools and resources to do that and a power and an energy. And I'm not using those words haphazardly. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the dunamis power of God and I believe that he gives us an energy to live the life that he's called us to live. So I actually want to talk tonight about hope. And my definition of hope, and I believe a biblical definition of hope, is that it is a confident expectation of the good things of God. Can you say that with me? A confident expectation of the good things of God. Now, I've been walking with God um, since I was about six. It's just been my particular journey. And I love that in the body of Christ, you have so many, um, such a diversity of different journeys. There are people that get saved just before they go to be with Jesus. Hopefully that's not going to be your story. Um, there are people that grow up in the faith and they hold on to it with everything in them. And there are people that come as teens. But my story has been I've walked a lot of my life with him and I've walked a lot of seasons now. I'm 42. Don't be mistaken. I may look 50. I'm 42. Um, <laughs> um, and I, I've been through really great seasons, just really rich, rewarding seasons. And I've been through really, really painful ones where I was on the edge of despair and some that have just been downright shocking. Um, but there has been a deep revelation in me um, that he is good and he does good, that God is good and he does good. And because of that, I have had inside of me um, a hope that does not disappoint, that no matter what happens in my life, and I've learned this over years, life experience can teach you something. It's not everything. You don't have to live everything to learn everything. But life um, with God will teach you time and time again that you can trust him, that he is good and he does good. And I've learned to that hope is like a reservoir of resources in your life that you can, um, that will give resource to your life and that no matter what the challenge is, God has proved himself to me to be incredibly faithful and that I can always expect that he is acting on my behalf, no matter how it looks, no matter, I mean, gosh, there was definitely some single years there um, that there was a sense of despair of like, am I going to live life alone? But, um, and there was certainly some, some challenges um, in my life and I'll go into some things a little later where you really, God, are you there? Are you hearing what I'm praying for? And I'm sure there's many in the room that have questioned that as well. But I've come to expect and know for certain in my heart that he is good and he is good and he does good and he is always acting on my behalf. So tonight I want to talk about that. Um, 
I do want to say that I have noticed that in our communities and in our nation, there is a deep sense of hopelessness in a lot of areas. It's like, talk about a spirit of the age, something that is characteristic of our age. There is a sense of hopelessness, a worry about the future. You know, it's so interesting um, around the election. There was so much, um, there was like an unusual level of fear and worry about the future. Um, and I've seen too, and I look, I, I am familiar with the Sydney landscape, but I have seen an increase in depression and anxiety in our communities. It's like an endemic thing um, across our communities at the moment and no sense of purpose. And it's almost like this hope is a wish without any sense of certainty. Like, I hope the environment doesn't go south. I hope... I hope it comes through for me. I hope this work situation works out. I hope this marriage is going to survive the test of time. On your wedding day, thinking that, right? Um, Or I'm not even going to get married because I have no hope for this type of thing. But I just believe with all my heart that God has created us to know a hope that is found in Him and know because He loves you, He will act on your behalf. And that I really believe too that hope anchored in God desires something good and it expects it to happen. And that it's a key component of resilience because when you know that God is good and He does good, you will know for certainty that good things are coming no matter what the situation looks like right now. Now, it wasn't always the case for me. Um, When I was around about 15 years old, I went through a period of time where um, I... Things were just looking particularly dark. I would call it depression. I, I didn't go to a doctor or anything. Nothing was diagnosed. But I just felt this deep sense of hopelessness. It wasn't one thing in particular. It was just a sense of darkness in my world. Now, there was some things going on. My my mum was, um, my mum, uh, who's no longer um, on earth, but she struggled with bipolar for most of her life. And so she's in and out of hospital. Um, and I felt Many times, like I was the mother of the home, taking responsibility because mum would be having episodes and in and out of hospital. And if you struggle, by the way, with mental illness, I want you to know you're in the right place and there is no judgment here. And I just believe that God has incredible hope for no matter what what you're dealing with tonight. Um, My parents' marriage was not great at all. There was fights going on most days of the week and I'd be waking up to fights and so forth. And, And so it was just very bad and a very, I just felt really incredibly lonely and definitely a sense of abandonment. No one was particularly abandoning me, but this sense of like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of dealing with this stuff alone um, and just feeling tired all the time. Now, during this time, I'm about 15 years old, more or less, I just felt in in the middle of this sense of darkness and hopelessness, actually, I would go so far as to say, God um, started stirring in me a desire to begin to mine the Word of God, stirring in me a desire, like I'd been around the things of God and I was reading the Bible somewhat and I was at church hearing the messages and in the worship and doing all the things that I think are incredibly good for your soul and will lift you in God. But God was stirring me to a deeper place of mining the Word of God for His promises, of mining the Word of God for truth about His character and His faithfulness, mining the Word of God for what He said about my situation, situation to build hope in me and 
in, in addition to that, I started eating up biographies, you know, of people that um, had overcome in God, of people that had lived extraordinary lives and seen God help them overcome their circumstances. And literally, little by little by little, and then to a great degree, the light of God broke through my situation and hope entered my soul. Um, and so, can I just say, my circumstances didn't change. My mum's bipolar was not healed this side of heaven. She went to be in heaven about eight years ago, and it's incredibly sad, but incredibly victorious because she knew the Lord. Um, but her bipolar was not healed. In fact, things kind of worsened, and she, she got chronic renal failure as well. Um, my parents' marriage didn't go the distance. They actually divorced in my HSC year, and it's an absolute miracle that I made it through the HSC um, and went on to, to do uni and so forth. And I didn't suddenly move to Paris. I don't know what your ideal spot is. Maybe you're like Hawaii. <laughs> but I didn't suddenly move to Paris and relocate and everything came up roses. My circumstances didn't change, but my soul began to anchor itself in God and hope and my reservoir of hope began to fill up so that I came to have a positive expectation of his goodness. Now, I've got to say, to be perfectly honest, um, life is not a, a straight line and a plateau and there have been the ups and downs since. But I can honestly say from that season on, hope has become a characteristic of my life. Hope in God, not a wishful thinking, but a positive expectation of the good things of God that he is good and he does good and he is working on my behalf in all circumstances. Paul puts it like this in Romans, Romans chapter 5 verses 1 to 5. <clears throat> Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endur endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love." Tonight, I want to talk about three keys because all preachers do, but it actually works really well. I want to look at three dimensions of this whole area called hope. Three dimensions of this whole area of having a positive expectation of the good things of God going on. And can I just say... There is always a reticence to preach, but you don't know what's going on in the room. Can I just say, I know this works no matter what you're going through. I absolutely know in my spirit, whatever the tragedy going on, whatever the struggle, whatever the question you had, these things work. And I've seen them work in my own life. The first one is fight for hope. You've got to fight 
for hope. Let me explain this. Now, I, with the risk that I will go on record as being a very aggressive and violent person, um, I really believe that there are certain things um, that you actually have to lay a hold of aggressively in your life, not passively, not sera, sera, whatever will be, will be, but actually as Christians, we actually need to stand up in our spirit and aggressively lay hold of them in God. Um, I am not advocating violence, but so much about this world will actually seek to rob you of your hope. Your environment that you're in in this world, this side of heaven, will actually seek you, seek to rob hope from you, and you cannot afford to go into neutral gear. Can I just say, if you're not fighting for hope and aggressively standing up in your spirit, you are actually in neutral gear, and you will go backwards. Um, this is beautiful. I love this. Do you know King David actually spoke and had dominion over his own soul? Do you know that? And do you know that you're actually given dominion over your soul? I want to read you in a moment, but God hasn't given you control over other people. God has given you influence. God hasn't given you control over the environment. He's given you influence and leadership, but he has given you dominion over your own soul. He has given you the power in him to take dominion over the contents of your own soul. It says Psalm 42 verse 5, why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. He's preaching to himself. So, uh, for I will yet praise him, my saviour and my God. You know, he spoke to his soul. Some of you aspire to be preachers and teachers. Can I just say your first pulpit and your first church is going to be your own soul. You know, you are going to have to speak over that thing on a daily basis and tell it to line up with the Word of God. Um, I, I would say to you, guard your ears. As someone who has dominion over your soul, guard what you hear with your ears. I, I see so many young people with the risk of sounding like an absolute oldie, right? now. All of us are guilty of this, but I see a lot of young people filling their ears, their ear gate, because your, your ear is a gate to the soul, filling their ears with stuff. And I'm like, no wonder you lack hope. No wonder you're struggling with that emotional state because you are not guarding your ear gate and God has given you a gate and dominion um, over your ears. Guard your eyes. You know, I... I just knew from a very, very early age, there are certain things, and I'm not talking the obvious, okay? I'm talking nuances now. There are obvious things that Christians just shouldn't touch with a barge pole, okay? We all get that. But there is a whole other level in God that if you want to walk with victory in your life, if you want to guard your soul, that you actually, I just know for me, I can't touch that. Somebody else can watch that and that is fine. There is no judgment from me. We are all under grace and we need to hear from God ourselves. But for me, I am not touching that. You couldn't pay me enough to touch that because I want to guard my eye gate so that my soul is healthy, so that my mind is able to think on the things of God. Um, you know, guard your inner circle. You become like your closest friends. And if you are hanging out with people that are constantly negative, constantly pulling and sucking the hope out of you, you may need to actually rethink your inner circle. Now, I'm not talking about a, a violent renegotiation of your friendship groups, but what I am talking about is being smart about who influences and speaks over your life. Who are you giving your time to um, that will either build hope or destroy hope in you. Um, 
You are the one. You are the one who can build your inner world so that it is a fertile environment of hope. And can I just say there are massive benefits. My husband is a HR manager and he's a very good one at that. I'm extremely proud of him. He's such a good guy. Um, And he's told me and he reads a lot of these studies to do with productivity in the workplace and so forth. And he says Gallup Research has come up with this thing where there is a direct impact on confidence and productivity at work according to people's hope levels. Um, He also uh, talked about there is a link between hope and then academic success and overall well-being. Isn't that such great evidence in science um, and and research to say when God talks about having a certain hope in him, there's actually benefits in all sorts of parts of life. When it comes to Abraham, I I don't know about you, I'm incredibly encouraged by Abraham and Sarah. Um, They really are the miracle, the the walking miracle. And um, I love him as an example um, of hope because when he waited for his promise, and it was 25 years that he waited between promise and conception, actually longer, um, he, he actually says he didn't just take hope, right? We take hope and fuel ourselves with hope. He actually situated himself in hope. He actually placed himself in hope and camped out. He aggressively took uh, hold of God's character and he hoped in it. It says in Romans 4, against all hope. It's like he said, game on. Everybody else is saying it is against all odds. Well, game on. Someone's got to do it. Um, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Uh, Don't think too long on that. And Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promises of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he promised. It is like he said, I don't care. I will hope against all hope. In fact, in your face hopelessness, I'm going to camp in hope. I'm going to set up a tent and live in hope. You know, this is what we need to do. We need to get aggressive in the face of hopelessness in our community and actually fight for hope. Northwest, it's time to get aggressive in our hope. So secondly, so we need to fight for hope. We cannot we cannot kick ourselves into neutral gear. It's actually not the terrain that believers are called to. But secondly, we need to fill our reservoir. Fill our reservoir. And you'll probably understand that terminology better than this Sydney side will. Um, it's really interesting, um, quite a number of years ago now in Sydney, and you have probably heard about it on the news, there was um, a siege at the Lint Cafe in Martin Place. And obviously two people lost their lives and it was actually a horrific um, long wait to see what is going to happen in this situation. And um, as the news came out and um, the siege finished and um, the guy was, um, you know, Man Monis, you know, was killed in the whole thing and as well as a couple of other, other people, um, these survivor testimonies came out. And there was one particular survivor testimony that absolutely captivated me. I, her name was Louisa Hope, actually, ironically. Um, and I, I'm just... Watching her testimony on TV, on just the national news, like 9 or 10 or win, whatever you call it here. Um, and I said to Andrew, my husband, 
this woman is different. There is something different about this woman. I'm so intrigued. I believe, I think she's a believer. There's just something about her spirit that is different to everybody else. And so I did a little bit of research and Kate would know about that. <laughs> um, I, and I researched her and she was a Christian. She is a Christian. She's a full-on born-again believer. Um, amazing, right? And so I watched an interview with her quite a lot of time after the event. And the interviewer asked her, um, so what did you, did you pray during the event, right? Like as if the event was the catalyst to her praying. And she said to the interviewer, um, you know what, I have known God for a long time and I've been praying for a long time. And so it was only natural to me that um, during that event, I prayed the whole way through it because it was a natural overflow. And she says her words, my head and my emotions were all over the shop. No pun intended because it was a chocolate shop. Um, <laughs> my head and my emotions were in chaos, as anyone would be, believer or non-believer. Her, they, were, they were in a very turbid state. However, she said, Deep in my spirit, I had a peace that no matter what happened that day, she didn't know the outcome. This is post-event. She didn't know the outcome during it. Um, I knew that I had hope and my eternity was secure. I had a hope in an unshakable God. Can I just say to you tonight, hope is a reservoir that you have to fill. It is a reservoir that sits behind the dam of your life. And she had a full reservoir on the day she needed to make a demand on it. You have to fill your reservoir. You don't know what tomorrow holds. And I pray that it is blessing and it will be blessing. But I don't know the particular circumstances. But what I do know is you need to fill your reservoir of hope. How do you do that? Well, you need to feed on his faithfulness. Psalm 37 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. It's very active. You have to pursue and feed on the faithfulness of God. Um, delight yourselves also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Um, can I just call the keys up now? That'd be amazing. Listen, I, um, I would say to you, saturate yourself in his presence. Be in his presence. Fill up on his presence. Now, I am a total presence person and I truly believe that encounters with God fill your hope tank. But in addition to that, can I say knowing his person, knowing who he is, knowing his character will fuel your tank. Um, you need to make a meal of his faithfulness and his character, his steadfastness. You need to think about it. Rehearse it. Meditate on it. Think about the times that he came through for you. You know, um, I, I remember um, when I was at university and really coming out of that whole season of being in my parents' home and they were so good in so many ways, but there was absolutely damage on my soul um, from the environment that I grew up in. Unintentionally, they, were, they did the best that they could with the tools that they had. And I just remember being in first year uni and actually the reality of it closing in on me and really not even at that age understanding what was happening but what I did know to do was hang on to his faithfulness and I remember sitting on the lawn of one of the colleges around the university on the grass and I remember opening my Bible to Psalm 23 the Lord is my shepherd 
and I'd stop and I'd feed on his feather. Jesus, you are my shepherd. You know, it's pretty horrible pasture at the moment in my soul, but I just know that you're going to lead me as my shepherd. I shall not want. God, I know that I feel in lack at the moment in my soul, but God, I just know that in you I will not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. God, you're going to give me rest for my soul. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. I fed on His faithfulness. I've still got the notes in that Bible of an 18-year-old version of me sitting on Sanctus Sabina College grass, feeding on His faithfulness, not realising that as I fed on His faithfulness, hope would come into my soul and my reservoir would be built. If you don't know what God is like, where will you go when disappointment, discouragement and pressure happens? And it will come. I I just will not ever get up on a platform and promise you that will never be your lot in life because literally life this side of heaven does have pressure. It does have disappointments. It does have discouragements. I've lived life long enough now to know they are fairly cyclical realities of life. But what I can say to you is if you know His faithfulness, if you know His character, You will make it through those times because you know that no matter what, God is good and He does good. You'll fill your soul. You've got to fill your soul. You've got to feed on His faithfulness and fill your reservoir so that when you need to make a demand, and you will, you've got some resources to make a demand on. You need to fill your reservoir. And then finally, you need to drop your anchor Drop your anchor and don't pull it up. Drop your anchor and don't pull it up. Can I just say, hope in Jesus Christ isn't just positive thinking. You know, I, I, I am full, I, I love, you know, great motivational talks and books. Give me a TED Talk any day of the week. I love that stuff and there's some very, very good motivational stuff out there. But there is nothing like the anchor of hope in Jesus Christ that is unshakable, that will take you through the storm. And it's not dependent. The thing about an anchor is it's not dependent on you. It's not dependent on you. That thing is bedded into rock solid um, foundation. And so the boat can sway. The seas can get rocky. But if the anchor is in an unshakable foundation, you won't be shaken. You won't be moved. You may be rattled, but you will not move because you are anchored into something firm. Your hope isn't just wishing for good things to happen. It's a firm and anchored reality that though you are weak at times, He is strong and immovable. Anchor yourself to that. It says in Hebrews 6, verses 19 to 20, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure, It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf and he's become a high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And it says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold unswervingly all through the seasons of life. You know, my goal, and I'll finish the verse in a moment, um, but my goal in life is to get to 90 or 100 or whatever the Lord lets me live and go, I held anchor in him. My anchor stayed in Him no matter what. Because I I don't know what tomorrow holds. I only have today. But I do have dominion over my soul and I can choose to anchor myself in Him. Hang on to Him with your whole being. With your whole being. 
you know, I, I want to just pray for some people tonight. Um, two groups of people, actually. Um, those that have not yet known the anchor that Jesus Christ is. But firstly, I just want to pray for some very specific um, groups of people. And if we could just have every head bowed and every eye closed, just in the few short moments that we have together before we close the service. Um, I just really feel tonight that um, there are people here and um, the, the word I have is there's some that have what's called in the Bible a hope deferred. It says a hope deferred makes the heart sick. But then some people stop there and they go, yes, when you wait a long time for things, the heart gets sick. But the second part of the verse is a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And I really believe that God wants to meet your longing with His hope. Meet your longing with the resources of heaven tonight. Um, if you've been believing for something, maybe there's something very specific, the salvation of a family member. Um, there may be a couple here tonight that are just really struggling with infertility and there's a hope deferred in your heart. I just really believe God wants to meet you in that place. Um, and then I really felt that perhaps people, there's maybe people here tonight and you've been going down a path of disappointment and I really see that God tonight wants you to go, I'm going to arrest that. I'm just going to arrest that. That that path of disappointment is going to stop here tonight. I'm just literally going to draw a line and I'm calling it hope. That I'm going to arrest that thing tonight and go, no, you will. I'm going to fill my heart with hope in Jesus Christ. You know what? It may still be difficult, but I will not continue to walk down the path of disappointment. And um, maybe you struggle with depression and anxiety. And I just believe that God just wants to touch you right where you're at tonight. And so what I'm going to do tonight, I'm not going to bring you out, but what I'm going to, um, we've just got a couple of moments left. And so what I'm going to get you to do is if that's you and you're like, yeah, God's speaking to me, would you just quickly raise your hand and you're like, yeah, I've got hope deferred or I need to arrest disappointment tonight. Or I, you know, I've just struggled with a bit of depression and anxiety and I need God to touch me. Is there anybody else? Beautiful. Hands up all over. Anybody else tonight? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, over every person tonight that has resonated with your word and they're taking their faith and mixing it with your word, I pray right now, God, that hope would be conceived in Jesus' name. I just speak hope and life, God, over every soul in this room, God. Lord, where there has been a hope deferred, God, and the heart is sick, God, I speak a tree of life as Jesus meets you right where you're at. And He says, you know what? You can trust me. I've got you. I've got your future. I've got your future. You don't need to go down that, that road of disappointment. We just arrest it. And to those, God, that, that have really struggled, Lord God, in this whole area of depression and anxiety, God. I speak a breakthrough in Jesus' name. I just thank you, God, that you would flood their soul, God, with the hope of heaven, that you'd fill them with life right now, God, that life would come forth, God. Look, God, from their soul, it would touch their mind, God, in the biochemical realm as well, Father God, that you'd really touch that area. And Lord, I just speak out of this church an epidemic of hope, God. I just pray out of this church, God. I just... I really sense that Northwest is going to be a huge beacon of hope to this district and, to, and beyond. I just see the Tamworth region and into New England just coming under the disease of hope, the epidemic of hope. That this thing is going to be so contagious 
out of this place, that the positivity, the life, the hope, and that, that you would be a resilient people in the face of great odds in some ways, but you would be beacons of hope and life. And that there would be people that come in here and they're discouraged and downcast and they hang out with Northwest. They come into your services, they see you through the week and hope just rubs off. What's different about this place? They're full of hope. God, I thank you. Let it be. Let it be. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au. And thanks again for listening.